welcome everyone and thank you all for being on the line. The number to call up as all looking forward to taking your questions in your is seven one eight six three five eight five eight one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. The, we're going to start with a message that Rav Nissen has sent that we've gotten earlier. Hi, I feel like a ton of bricks on my head listening to the Kolm Avasa program. It seems like my husband, oh yeah, this person has sent this message to me personally. So just to give everyone an update, I mean, just to understand, I do a Yiddish questions and answer program. That's in Yiddish. So the question is as follows. It seems like my husband is borderline. He cannot take responsibility not for a business and not for his home. He sees everything as black and white and everything gets translated as negative. If I ask him nicely for his help, he ignores it. If I say it a bit stronger, I am a terrible and an attacker abuser. He is a dynamic personality, but if he feels threatened by me, he tells me no problem, I will give you a divorce. We have some excellent times in our relationships, and then the downs. He seems t he needs tons of excitement and blames me for the lack. I see myself covering up to the world, and although I am personally myself, I feel weak inside. What's the best type of therapy for me? I don't know. You see, we can create an awareness. We've created an awareness many, many times that if you are in a situation that there's diagnosable issues, like you're sharing, that the husband might have a personality disorder, again, the reason why I'm using might is because we don't know, then you need to stop the therapy process. What type? Well, you call up relief. We're used to finding out therapists that have experience in working with spouses where you assume your spouse might have some about this personality disorder, about things like that. And they will guide you and recommend. Some therapists have knowledge. We might discover something else. We might discover that you might, be too, you might be taking things very personal. We might discover that he had a very hard time at the beginning of the marriage and he sort of gave up on you. This happens many times where persons are wonderful in many other places and they're just fed up with you. Maybe since your husband started ignoring you that you're starting to recognize something is wrong. So I already have so much experience that I don't know what's wrong with anyone until we do the full evaluation, even until we speak to your spouse. So you've sent this message in various ways to get an answer. All I could tell you is I am glad that you started hearing something can be wrong. And if you still think it's your spouse, which is always the way to start, start the therapy process. What therapy modality? You'll find out where you live, because I know you're not in the local tri-state area. And just speak to, I like generally calling relief. They're the way to go. The number to call up is 718-683-5858. And we are going to Mrs. K. Hello? Yes, hello. Thank you. Um, first of all, I just want to tell you that um, I just recently heard about this line, and I have not stopped hearing you for hours and hours. Thank I think you. I became a bit addict. I think I became a, a bit addict. Line. Yeah, that usually happens at the beginning, and then we get to the balance. It, it happens sometimes at the beginning. Also, I learned a very um, important thing from you that people that give you compliments or thank you, and you always answer like such a positive way, as if it's the first person ever thanking you. 
Many times oh, people get I, compliments. Oh, I do feel and I appreciate every single one of them. Yes, I do. Because it's behind people, the people, scenes. People, when people, people usually do not attack me publicly, like on air. But we definitely get a lot of those comments. I just got one from a fellow professional today. So, yeah, we, I get those. So, therefore, when they are positive, I accept and value every one of them. Well, because many times people hear a compliment, they always like downplay it. They say, no, it's nothing, it's nothing. And you do the opposite. You make the pe- person feel so good by giving the compliment that that alone makes the person feel good already. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. I accept it. I feel it. And I'm glad when the other one gives it to me as well. So I want them to feel it as well. Yes, I guess that's a nice lesson and for others that are listening, that when someone gives you a compliment and if you downplay it or if you say it was nothing, then the person doesn't feel good after that. But if you say thank mm-hmm. you, I appreciate it. And if there's more that you would like to share, I'm willing to hear that as well. People will feel good giving it. Okay, so now I'm asking you my question. Um, it's quite, uh, a bit of an interesting one. Um, I'm in my 30s, so I'm like, quite young, and it's a funny thing that I have is that I feel like, um, like I went through the, 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 the Second World War, like the Holocaust, and any situation in my life, Whatever happens, straight away my, my mind jumps to the feeling like, let's say I, I feel very cold, so I'd feel straight away, wow, this is how they felt when, when they were so cold and it was in the snow and the Nazi made them stand there. Or if I walk a long way, I think, wow, this is what, how they felt in the death march. Wow, how could they take it? Every, like every single day in every, any given situation, like my mind would straight away think of the, the Holocaust and how, how, they, how they felt and... I feel like pain together with them. I'm wondering is it like is a is a problem that does come from something or I, I, I would well, I need that shift to you. The brain generally does not go to areas for no reason. That means some people can associate walking, wow, this must be what it's like being in a on a vacation. This is what it's like when our families had some great successful times. And then the other that, that can go to the these stories. I want to add, this is the funny part, because really I'm like above I'm average and I'm a very, very positive person. I'm basically always smiling. I'm very happy with my life. I'm very happy. So on the other hand, I'm such a positive person. And just also another thing, maybe it's connected, that I would, I would, wherever I go, I would always like see, I would see like, um, let's say, child abuse. Let's say I'm on a bus. I would always like spot that it's a non-Jew with a child and straight away see something, how the mother's not, not being nice to the child. Or I went to the street today and I, I saw a whole bunch of um, people all dressed, all dressed like clears because it was so cold. Then I saw a little five-year-old was dressed in a T-shirt. I was thinking, wow, oh, it must be so cold. It's doing this. In any situation, I would always find, um, um, without meaning to, subconsciously, I would find like an abuse or something... <laughs> In a, even if I don't want it, just like it's by itself. Mm-hmm. But generally, I'm really, really I'm, in my person itself, I'm really a positive person. So why do you think one has got to do with the other? You can be a positive person, and you could have, I'm going to let you tell us why, who used comments about during the war, because you sound like you said you're in the 30s, so your parents did not go through the war. So who did this stuff about the war? Who did you hear a lot of stories about the war that you're thinking about it? So when I was younger, I used to read books, but now I kind of take a war book in my hand because... Hello? 
It seems I like think we lost wow, her. it seems so we lost we lost her and yeah. we lost hopefully quite a few caller call also, so okay, hopefully, so we have right now one second, oh, we just we lost okay, hold on uh, one second, it seems like we have we lost hold okay, let's one let me let me just go and try to go something do something. And just reminding everyone the number to call up, you can keep on calling. Looking forward to taking your calls is 718-683-5858. Until she calls us back, maybe we'll try to develop this issue about, you know. Yeah, so what we can understand is sort of what she was starting to say is that in the past she would read a lot about the Holocaust. And something that we read about has an effect on us. That is what we have, stories of tzaddikim, where their mothers brought them to shul when they were very young. People, when they're around tzaddikim, they sort of felt and they want to be there. We know Shmuel HaNavi, his mother brought him to be raised in the Beis HaMikdash. So there's a concept of what we're reading, what we're seeing, what's an environment will have an effect on us, especially when we're very young. And along those lines, those are for the positive, and the same is for the negative. So for us to be aware that when we are in an environment, especially at a young age, and if there's pretty strong feelings, pretty strong emotions, intense emotions, our mind can go to that place and think about that place. And when we're young, we teach our brains how to start thinking. So this is possible, but again, we need to hear from that person what else and why else would they be thinking in, tor- in terms of the Holocaust. So the brain is like pathways. When you teach the brain highway, easy highway, automatically we go there. Okay. Yeah. We have the lady on- online. Excellent. Great. Welcome back. Mrs. K, welcome back. So um, I didn't hear what you were saying, but basically I'm thinking, does it ca- that that does it come from something that I would need therapy for, do you think? You see, I don't know if we're going into the words that you need therapy for that. What we'll just explain is that it's a way of thinking that we make. What happens is our brain creates pathways, links. So if you are, let's say, young and you're reading stories of happiness or you're in a happy moment and then you're reading about the Holocaust, you think, oh, yeah, how are they dealing with it? How do I have a right mm-hmm. to be happy if they're suffering? We have now a lot of family members when we work, when they lose a family member, a grandparent, a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a brother, a sister, sometimes children, and some of the survivor's guilt or survivor's remorse is how dare I be happy when they suffered. Mm-hmm. And this is generally what we teach the mind that Hashem has given each generation their nisyayness and the generation, this generation, is to learn simcha to learn to appreciate that Hashem has given us so much Shefa. So just understand that it makes sense if you used to read a lot of books, Holocaust books, and now when you read it, you tremble. These are too much for you and too strong. Mm -hmm. uh I shouldn't take too much notice of it. I'm saying it's not something that I have to do. You're asking me now what you should do create an awareness. So the awareness that you created was, so I would still ask you, explore a lot more, what was your, you've only read books of the Holocaust, what was your impression when you finished reading those books? 
of Cam Reedy Sads. And I would only lie awake for hours like thinking of imagining it. Sorry? No. What was Hello? it just said, or you would start imagining and what? Yeah, it, was, it became so vivid, I would, I would really feel like I'm there. Good. And what would happen after that? Because you're sharing that when you have some happiness, you think, how can I feel happy if something or this and this happened to them? What else would you say is going on by you when you think of the Holocaust? When I think of the Holocaust. What were your grandparents? Were you close to your grandparents? What's your parents' attitude? Where does the Holocaust come in? So um, my mother's mother, she she was the one, um, she escaped before the war. She was a young girl. Yeah. So all her her parents and all her siblings um, were, were killed. And she said, but she mm-hmm. basically, she didn't really go through the war. She she escaped all by herself but before the war. But um, could be because she she had such a hard time. So my mother was also um, brought up by someone who went through a lot. So she got affected by it automatically we also got affected by a person that was affected by a person that went through the war okay but i got a different question many people my grandparents went through the war and when i have happiness i don't think at all about the holocaust or anything like that why is your when mind I have happiness, I also don't think when i have happens i don't think of it just when things happen and daily things happening in my life during the day that my mind just flashes back to thinking, wow, this is how they felt, this is how they felt, this is what they went through. That's what I think. Yeah. And and why do you think about that? Why does your mind go there? That's what I want to know. I don't know why. Okay. That's my question. So, so I don't know, therapists, we can help you explore more and more sessions. Why is your mind going there? We start also teaching you how your mind should go to other places. Start having positive memories and start making new linkages. Mm-hmm. That when you're having a happy moment, take it, let's say, wow, Hashem, I'm so happy you've given me this moment. So you're starting to teach your brain how to make new pathways. Rav what do you say mm-hmm. to this? Uh, first of all, to read a book and get into it is, is natural. It's very, very natural to get into every story that you get, especially when you read a book and get the experience that you have some sign from your grandparents. It's normal. I would say that as a Jewish people, we have in the front of our houses, on the front, you know, we have a small square that I would say this is like something that we have to to keep out ourselves, you know. And we said, This is part of our life, I would say. It's very good to, to remember where we're coming and what, but the question is how how, how far it's taking you. If all day you're thinking everything that you are, that's this is something that you I have say, to consider. I became already, I became already the jerk in the family, like everyone, like me and Auschwitz, everyone straight away, they laugh. I stopped saying it because it's such a joke, but everyone, I stopped saying it always, like, I, 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 would, a tri- I would say that uh, start concentrating on the good things that you have right now on that's right. this, this what you have. You have a beautiful house, you have a beautiful family. You have and you have eyes, you can see, you can walk, you can get up in the morning, you have hot water, you have a faucet, you know. And imagine, put comparison, what they had over there, what they didn't have, you know. Barely 
you know, something to eat, you know, no, no water, not running, you know, something that, and see what, how lucky you are and be happy with this. So what Reb is saying is we have a choice how our, what our brain will link to. There's a situation. You have now hot water. You're able to call up from overseas and have such confidence in your call. Now, are you going to say, oh, wow, in the past they didn't have it, they couldn't do this? Or will you be able to say, wow, thank you, Hashem, for the confidence? You have a choice where your brain should go to. If you've practiced it a number of times and it goes to the sphere, it will go there. But if you practice about eight times a day taking a positive thought and thinking about, Baruch Hashem, I'm married. Baruch Hashem, I've got children. Baruch Hashem, I've got a roof over my head. We're not talking about the fancy stuff of I have money and savings. That's already a bonus. We're not mm-hmm. talking about saying, wow, Baruch Hashem, that each of my kids are star students. It's just, Baruch Hashem, I've got kids. Baruch Hashem, my kids are Shemer Torah Mitzvahs. That's wow. Not, did my kid get the top in the class? Did my kid get hundreds every time? That's just them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to knock it down, but that's the perfectionist that we're creating, that we're so unappreciative of what we have. Our kids are from. Our kids are healthy. Our kids are we sleeping in the bed, you know. That's right. I, let me just mm-hmm. jump over, uh, Mordechai. I'm sorry. That we, remember we had the, the booklet of the 40 days tanks? Yeah. That we just, it's, it's, you can't do it yourself, you know. You take, take uh, every day, few minutes, and write what you think. So, you know, that get up in the morning, you have a sink, you have a water in the sink, you have a towel, you have finger to wash, to take the water, you have hand to wash your face. You know, just small stuff that you have. And after 40 days, you start practice it and write it on the note. And you see amazingly improvement, and see what what is all about to be a live person. Yeah, but this is so what I, I do. I'm anyway a person what? that always what Hashem gives me. No, but you're no. you're being mindful of it. You're not just saying that you're closing your eyes and you're feeling your happiness, and now you're attaching that moment to that thought. You're attaching this moment to that thought right now. It's not thank you, Hashem. It's closing your eyes and creating it deeper. I feel it in my body that I have this. There's one level being logical, there's another on the feeling subconscious level. Did you once think about you button your shirt with your finger? Did it small act to see that without this finger I cannot button my shirt? It's a, it's amazing feeling, you know, when studying, looking at the small, tiny stuff, that what we have and what it is, you become full of joy. And forget about other stuff. No, you know, put it aside, you know. We don't have to say forget because we, we as a Jewish, we never forget. But we have to put it in, in the priority mind. Let's put this, as Rabbi Mordechai said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would okay. just tell you, I just got like my little message. Someone says, thanks for this awareness allow myself to breathe when a relative was on a restaurant guilty of sleep at home when she was in the hospital. Oh. Yes, and we need to realize Hashem gives different people different Nisiyayas and different generations had different Nisiyayas. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so, so much. It was, worth, it was worth staying up so late at night for this. Thank you. Thank you so much for staying up. And thanks for helping us 
so many, so many people with their problems. Just amazing, amazing. Wow. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad that they have mentioned it to you, you know, about this line and that you're a new listener. Very, very brave to call up. Very brave and, I, and I, great I, I awareness stop, for many people. Stop, I then stop telling people and giving your number to people to listen to it. Great. Do you have I think, the I think British I'm, I'm number? Your, I'm, I'm your, I'm your advertisement up. in London. Thank you. Yeah, thank great. Thank you. That does mean a lot. That does mean a lot to uh, me. Thank you, Harav Nisimah. I really enjoy the, the ones that, that you're also on. I really enjoy those ones as well. Thank you Thank so you. Much. And tell the London J-Root Radio is always for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, let me just remind you guys, everyone listening, the number in England, that local number is 0203-129-0410. Oh two oh three one two nine oh four one zero. That's a local British number. Wow. Right. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go. You're welcome. Great. We'll and go who are we going to next, Ravnissa? Mrs. C. Mrs. C. Hi, you're on with Ravnissa Mordechai. Hi. Um, first, thank you for your um, phone line. I've been listening for a long time now. And it's actually like a few years until it took me to realize that I could also be one of the callers. But um, thank you. I really like gained a lot of awareness um, and the emotional side of things in life. Wow. Um, it really broadened my understanding in the <laughs> in the emotional level of things. I'm not. I'm, I'm maybe a very emotional person, but I'm not very. I actually I used to be not very aware of my emotions and that just made it much like worse like I, I thought that by listening and being aware of what I feel is going to make me feel like down or you know but now realizing that if you're aware of what you're feeling you could just like acknowledge that you're feeling this way and then it, it just goes away it makes it much easier mm-hmm. wow, thank um, you. I have a question um, so I Work, um, I'm not sure if I should say exactly where, but I, I have this workmate um, this year. She used, I used to be workmates with her. Like I, I am workmates with her for a while already, but this year um, we're basically, we have much more contact with each other. We, she is basically the only person I talk to um, during a big chunk of the day. And she's a very nice, friendly person. But she's unfortunately she's in a very um um she she's she 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 doesn't have an easy life. Um I feel like I always looked at her like the like admired her and, and looked up to her the way like at the way she's dealing with stuff that are going on in her life. But now that I'm working very like I really talk a lot to her, I do realize that a lot of it is um, not really covering up as in it's just a way of coping like I, I see a lot of sadness there and being that I talk to her a lot during the day I feel like I come home and there's this um, low energy in me like I could see that it's just watching someone suffering um, and what I'm seeing it every day is bringing me down a little I was wondering if there any if there's anything I could do to um, to stay like maybe more distant or not I don't want 
Sure, let's use the word. Let's use the word more like a professional, a professional distance, which means I don't, I don't know the word professional distance, but it's a healthy shield. It means we all right. interact with people. Some of them are negative. And no, I'm saying she's the, not. She's not really negative. She's really trying to be positive, but it's impossible if you're talking to her all day long not to see the pain, and it's That's like. Right. And one of the choices that we learn is to actually continue keeping the topic to positives. So when you're seeing pain, as you might steer her to that conversation about sadness or difficulty that she's having. And we actually want to have it the other way. You no, want to focus on one of her strengths. Actually, it's actually seeing just like her struggling to stay. She's, very, she's a very, very positive person. And so how do you know that this... she's struggling? I know she's struggling. I, How? I know. How? Maybe things worked itself out already. No, I know her. Well, she, she's not listening to this phone. She's waiting for kids for very, for very, like, she's married for a long, long time, and she doesn't have children yet. And it's, so, it's, I'm not saying, I'm not minimizing it. I'm just saying, why do you look at her as a Rahmanist? I don't, Maybe I, that's I, what you not a, no, not a Rahmanist. Or like, a struggle. Just pain. Why? Why do you assume that? Why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, that's called projection, where you're thinking of Chas Hashem, you would be in her place, that's where you would be. There are much longer everyone kaychas for their nefsiyinus. People, everyone's got a weakness, everyone's got a problem. That's how I can be a therapist and look at people and go, okay, so this is your struggle, that's your struggle, there's no judgment. You've now made a judgment, because she doesn't have children, she must be struggling. She'll have Isn't her difficulties, but why do you assume she's in pain and she didn't work through it? I'm just thinking if I was in her place, like, I can't That's imagine. That's the problem. Let's stop. That's called judgment. You see what judgments are? Judgments yeah. mean we make assumptions about people, if we would be in their place, how they should be feeling, without knowing the whole picture. Right. That's called a judgment. If we make judgments, life gets very, very stressed for us. Because now this one doesn't have children, this one doesn't have parnosa, and then we think this one is so successful, they have everything going for them. Well, you don't know what's really going on by them. No, that I realized already. That I learned already. (laughs) Okay, so let me tell you that even though someone doesn't have children or someone has got an illness, there's power and there's stress to them. And there's a life, those that have worked through their process. Wow, you think it's all my, my it's all view? All your projection. Or... Sure. She might be so powerful and so positive that she can give you chizuk. She's genuinely that powerful. Wow, I just can't believe, like... I, 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 well. Yeah, that's exactly what assumptions are. So what do you say? Uh, you know what? This is like something that, uh, as usual, people make assumptions. I, I heard this week uh, something that very, very upset me about it. A person that, uh, a, a baby, a, a new baby, and he didn't want to tell his friend because it was assumption that his friend would be very painful because the friend doesn't have any babies and I said it's so wrong let your friend be happy with your happiness 
you know, be, you know, share with you, with you that you have kids. Share this, you know, sometimes the Kadosh Baruch doesn't, it doesn't do nothing with for nothing, you know. Everyone is his own test in life, as you said. We know that, you know, that the Kadosh Baruch Tfilatam Shel Tzadikim, you know, he's waiting for the praying of these people. And, you know, you do yourself a very big favor, put a, a new prayer. Put a, a name and you, you pray, that you pray for her, that, you know, Zera Shel and give us, you know, text it and in the WhatsApp group that people, you know, uh, pray for them, you know. I would say that this, this is something that's really uh, important. But to come and say, oh, this is Nebech, Miskena, you know, Chazit, all this kind, it's not contribute nothing to relationship between you and yourself and her also. I would say that, you know, that's sharing your happiness, sharing everything, and this is something that's, don't assumption that she's miserable. Yes. Well, that might be true. Yeah, well, okay. you know, as therapists, I learned that lesson earlier on. At the beginning, we were also going to be judgments. This person has this and this person has that. And then they come in for this trauma, and I expect that to be traumatizing to them. And no, that's not their issue. They're healthy. They've worked through that. They're strong, and I see, wow, you're giving me chizuk. Wow. Yeah. I, I got to think about that. <laughs> yes, please okay. go right ahead. Thank you so much. For you and for everyone listening, that. let's not make assumptions when we see people that we know just because their issue is a more public issue doesn't mean it's anything else. You know, so many people as other tourists, other, everyone is with on Pekalach and with assumption that, oh, that, this guy is as like this and this, and suddenly you find that these people are the strongest people and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them this, so much power and koach to be, as you said, mechazkim other people and running and organize, you know, so we know so many people that didn't have children and they become an unbelievable power. The Rabbi Merubavich, he didn't have people. He become a, a huge engine as, as, as a matter of, you know, uh, running the, the show. You know, people, Sarah Schneerer, uh, all the, all the huge names. Yeah, I was just, they just came out, let's say, with a book about Sarah Schneer by Rabbitson Feldman, like for the kids, and I'm reading it to my kids. I am amazed. It's coming up. The English date was in 1918. It was the first time she opened up a girls' school. Could you imagine that every Kehill and Klyasrol today, the Lutfish, Chastidim, Sfardim, everyone is got, we send our kids to school. Yes, it depends what we teach in the school, you know, the more, let's say, the Svartim and the Lutfish would teach more information like Chumash and the Rambans and all that stuff. The Chassidish Mises would send different, would, would learn less of, the, of that, but still about Yom Tevin. Could you imagine just reading the stories there that there was no such a thing as a girl ever to go to school? And during her generation, girls didn't even know what was the Nesa Hanukkah, what was the story of the Hanukkah, and the parents didn't even know that. Can we realize that because the times have changed, she, one person, has made a revolution at Klyasrol, and there was a big problem with the, of the girls, unfortunately, that they had to go to public school, and they weren't getting a Yiddish, a Yiddish concept. And the leaders, instead of looking at what they did have or what they don't have, were able to stand up to the plate and say, this is what we're going to do. But are we going to make an assumption, oh, she didn't have children? 
Each one has their passion and kaykh Hashem gives us, and we have the strength to pull through. Well, I really didn't think you're going to, like, take this to this, like, I didn't think sure. of such a kind of, well. <laughs> I just want you to know, yes, I work with people all the time, and it's, I am amazed at the strength, and when I work with people, I also get energized that, wow, look at what they've gone through. Look how much they've healed. Look how much easier they are than certain places than it's I am. It's just because I could see it by myself, like when being at a certain, in a certain, certain situation, and people would, like, feel bad, and I would think, like, they don't even know. This is, this is good. They don't know what... It's just people really don't know what's going on in other people's lives, and what 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 could like look like it's bad isn't. You know, it's it's that's it's just, right. That's yeah. right. This family could be taking people in. They could be volunteering in other places. So yes, well, they might not have children, but their time is full. They're giving up their heart so much love. Right. It's it's a very positive person. I was just like I I just knew that it can be that it's that it's real. Well, maybe, yes, maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, it can be. The Rabbi Shalom gives us Nasiyatis and believes in us to pull through. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Good I night. feel this is a fantastic awareness. Yeah, Mordechai, you know, there's awareness yeah. of the clown, you know. <laughs> we see clowns, yeah. and inside themselves, they're really sad. This is yeah. the opposite. <laughs> yep, that's right. And I want to okay. share with everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And someone just sent the message, they can also be human. Yes, that's true. It goes both ways. Yes. So again, 718-683-5858, You want to take the text? Uh, the, the f- yes. The 20-year-old with, the, with anxiety? Yes. Uh, one second before this, I want to tell the, the, the British listeners that uh, sometimes I understand that the, the line over there in England right now is crowded. So you can oh. listen, still listen to our uh, lines, uh, the 712 number and the 718 number. So just, let's uh, share it with them. Right, let's share with them the okay. number. They can the listen to the 712-432-4217, 712-432. Four three two four two one seven and seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine. I got phone calls from Britain that the phone line over jam, so just divert it to ear. Okay. Yep. Okay. So let's go weiter. Okay. So the text message that we received over here is: I want to start by thanking you for this amazing line. I recently started listening, and I'm hooked. Baruch Hashem. I gained so much clarity in many areas. I am now aware of so many things I wasn't aware of. It taught me a different perspective in life and so much more. Thank you so much. So now my question. I'm a 20-year-old girl in Shadokim. I suffer from anxiety. I've gone to therapy in the past. My therapist helped me cope with situations I was going through at that time, like school, stress, tests. But she gave me, didn't give me the tools for life. What advice can you give me to help me cope with anxiety? I really want to work on myself, and I know it's not fear to the people around me. Wow, and the answer is continue what you're doing. What it seems like you're saying is that you went to therapy, they're helping you with skills, but you didn't learn all the skills that you needed, and now you got older and there are bigger skills, and you just need to learn them. 
So I usually don't like saying going to therapists at first, but if you went to a therapist, see if the therapist is still available and continue. means dealing with anxiety, sometimes it has to do with learning basic skills that an Askin can help you, an adult can help you. Sometimes you need a therapist for that. But again, once you deal with a title anxiety, you need a therapist. But when things start building itself up, when things start happening, we don't need to run and jump to therapists, just getting those skills. So what I would be asking or suggesting you to do is what can you do to speak to people and to get aware what you need and what's happening just to learn these couple of skills. Rubinus, what would you say to that? Yes, uh, you know that's uh, you know that teenagers and uh, what you said, <laughs> it's considered teenagers and shiduchim. It's a lot of pressure, and I, I you know, as as you know, I don't like the the word anxiety. You know, everybody has is kind exactly. of exactly, and people use words that it's not that way. It's, it's, it's not it, anxiety. It's it's stress. normal. It's normal. That's you know. Right. You're getting now shiduchim to who to marry. I'm going to now finish graduate seminar and where what what I'm doing. It's it's a lot of pressure and probably the parents and around the environment all, all the friends that all the other friends get married and I'm stay outside. This is anxiety. This is like pressure that and learn to cope with this. I think that it's very very normal. I don't see exactly. any problem. Is I agree and that's where you have an adult. That helps you out. You have parents for that. And if they have an issue with your parents, you have aunts and uncles or grandparents. Connect to someone. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, I have some very good friends that I can talk to once or twice a week. Sometimes we even have either they'll drive me back to Lakewood or we just, just to talk. Just get clear. This is a normal human need. And it's not called anxiety. It's called stress if you don't have it. That's life. I really, uh, you know, I think that uh, a lot of us just, especially now with the new uh, age of therapists, and it's become like this, using a nice word, therapy, you know, anxiety and uh, depression. But I think this is, we we see, we look around us and, uh, you know, we're talking about last week, what happened to our community here. Uh, that people getting yeah upset a little bit uh, scared and starting looking around, it's very normal, very normal. But Baruch Hashem, Hakadosh right. Baruch Hu gave us one characteristic that called uh, forgetness, and we 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 put it aside, right? Yes. Again, like to share with everyone the number to call up is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three. 5858, and I am very, very much looking forward to taking your questions and your comments, so please feel free. 718-683-5858. Yeah, and okay, if you uh, like, what's the number to send in a text or two? 347-927-8398. Uh, 347-927-8398. second. Great. We have also gotten one message. Um, The text was about ADHD and ADD, and it's as follows. 
where is that one? Here we go. What's the difference between ADD and ADHD? Both seem to be unable to sit still and concentrate. Please define the difference. Well, happens to be that since 2013, there is no difference. They're the same. They're the same diagnosis. They're all called ADHD, and one is inattentive type, that it's hard concentrating, and the other one is hyperactive. So let's recognize that that is going to be okay. That means that both the same titles, just different meaning. One means it's hard concentrating. They could sit, but the mind flies away. And one means it's hard concentrating, and the behavior is jumping. And some people could concentrate, and just the behaviors are jumping. So you can have any one of these three combinations. Let's go ahead and read another message that has just come. Hi, and good evening. Boy, did you get me worried listening to your last radio show before you took your break. I felt your stress and frustration with some of the callers. I thought to myself, if you carry on your radio show, you'll deserve a medal. Lo and behold, the following month of Shabbos, I heard your message that you will not be doing the radio shows, and you'll let us know when you'll continue. Goodness, knew you had given up. Honestly, didn't blame you. Baruch Hashem, delighted to hear you're back. I would like to take my hat off for you for continuing your wonderful work and having a much patience. What a schuss. Thank you. So I appreciate the message. And it happens to be that I took now these two weeks off that I've done it. But it actually wasn't because of frustration. It is Baruch Hashem, as I'm getting older, certain responsibilities are getting there. And Rav Nissen, it's interesting. In the past, I would always explain why and what was happening. And I discussed it with you, Rav Nissen, But with the listeners, I felt, I don't know why, but I was in the mood of a drop of privacy. And not to even go into exactly what was going on. All I'll say is, Baruch Hashem, great things were happening. And... and- Sure. 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 I have to remember that we have Hanukkah and we have Hanukkah lighting candles. You want to stay with the with the family. That's I think right. it's, it's it's very obvious. I think that our our wives deserve a little bit uh, uh, nights with us. <laughs> and I, I'm talking for myself, you know, it's not so simple. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. We 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 have Mrs. G. Okay. Excellent. Mrs. G. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah, hi. You hear me? How are you doing? Hear you loud and clear. Oh, thank you. First of all, it's my honor to speak to you in person. I was trying to get through a few weeks, but not get through, through actually. Just wanted to get on the line, but since my mother was busy, so now I'm happy. I sent you sometimes several messages thanking you for all you do, but now I have the honor to speak to you personally. Actually, just a comment and a thank you for everything that you do. I really enjoy it. It helps me amazingly a lot. Unbelievable. With my kids and with my husband. Very, very many things I learned from your line. You are so welcome. So that's basically one of the main things that I learned from you is that you cannot change anyone besides for yourself. And I teach this for my kids when they try to tell this for that one or this one for this one. So just this is one thing that one of the things that I learned that you just don't care from everybody else, just care from your own self and change yourself, and then everything will be okay. I mean yeah, to say when the kids is. argue between themselves that I should make sure and uh, 
You have a great sis, and I love your line and your questions and answers and everything. Wow, thank you. Yep. And have reminiscent always with your smart answers. Always come up with the right words to say for everybody. So it's really amazing. And blessing. Thank wow. you. And thank I'm, you very I'm much. Not so and your book. Oh, the main part. I forgot. I probably had your book, one of the first. And I read yeah. it, but it took me a while to read. But it's amazing, amazing, excellent. Very, so very I enjoyable. I had a very nice experience that just tonight I was on the bus heading back from Lakewood, from Brooklyn to Lakewood. And sure enough, I'll, there was a hush of a rub that I respect, and I usually never see him on the bus. And he was on the bus. He tells me, I have to tell you, your book is making rounds in my whole family. I said, mm-hmm. wow, I'm honored. I said, had I known. Yeah, it's really read, amazing. It was Baruch Hashem. So just tonight to get two more <clears> feedback, <throat> and again, <throat> the book is called Mastering Relationships. So Baruch Hashem. It's interesting that I scored in, my, in the test that you make there. Very low sure. in fire. Wind, earth, and water, I'm always equal parts, but low in fire. <laughs> so how does that work? how brave you are calling. So you so that see means the other that? are there. What? It just means you have a lot of power to you, but you're consistent. You do it calmly. You're not mm-hmm. going to do spontaneous ideas. You're not going to come in and be the life of the party, but sometimes hurt people or burn people or start something and end something. You'll be consistent. You'd be grounded. Mm-hmm. You, you are very clear and articulate with your thanking, thanking, but at the same time, you didn't just drop everything and call up, as you said in the past. You went there were times, and mm. you were busy, you didn't do it. Fire would have found a way to do it and let everything else just go oh, up in uh-huh. flames. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Thanks again. I really enjoy thank everything. Thank you. So you just called just to share the thank you. Yes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. I, the real truth is that I have to thank Hashem for all this, the horror stories that I hear people have in their past. Or actually, I thank my parents first because yeah. these, these stories and the questions and answers, I can't even believe that these things are true. It's like unbelievable. Sometimes I just have tears in my eyes when I listen to the questions and answers from the kids or from the marriages or for whatever um, that such things can happen. What happened? Yeah. Yes, and let me tell you that there is a. I've once seen on someone's fridge like those magnets, and I think of that concept a lot. And to all those, well, let's see, adult children and children listening to appreciate our parents. So there's sort of like you know these magnets. They just get like a picture. So you see like a house flying like you see a little bit of a dining room like everything turned upside down right. kitchen everything like baking like you see like this just everything flying all over and you see the way there's like this woman like looks like it's like coming from a bedroom because you see like a little bit of a bed and you see like a like a little like a feet like either sticking like by the blanket but then there's like this blurb like this little you know bubbles coming up saying honey you know you always ask me what i did today well right. today i uh-huh. didn't do it mm-hmm and yeah. <laughs> the same concept is when we are healthy and we're strong and we can deal with life's difficulties, and of course with getting chizik, because that's part of dealing with it, but we right. can love and we can tell our kids I love you and we can laugh and we can connect to friends and we can set boundaries with friends and we can feel good when we do something and we can feel bad when we do something wrong. That is a sign that we had great parents and we have great parents. 
That means we can feel happiness. That means we can feel sadness. We can say thank you. We can hold someone responsible. We can say now I'm feeling joy and say now I need a break. In order to do these simple steps, mm-hmm. we need to have healthy parents who have been in the healthy environment right, to right. learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Thank is you. Is this uh, so, interesting so for me that I was wondering if this is just this, uh, um by your book, by one of the caricatures, or I don't know if it was the, like the husband or the wife buys a present for the earth nature's yes, wife. Yes, that was the earth, yes. And, and I was trying to think if this, even though she's an earth nature, is this a right thing? It's not a right thing to do. Like I was like, excuse me. <laughs> like uh, she didn't want the pearls or whatever it was. I don't remember exactly what. Like was putting down the gift. Like, that happens this to is, have been a this true is what story that happened in me? my office. What? That but this, does it excuse that, that earth nature to do such a thing? No. So there was an emotional wife and a earth husband, and the husband bought the oh, wife the, over yeah, the husband was the earth, whatever. I don't remember exactly. Dollar piece of jewelry, and the wife said, "Without the card, I don't want it." Oh. And the husband thought that the wife is crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm spending so much money. Who wouldn't say thank you and see how much I care for you? And the wife said, "Who needs rocks?" If you can't give me the emotions. <laughs> so, yes, these things happen. I know that it happens because, uh, I mean, I know, but does this, I'm, I was just wondering if this excuses uh, an emotional person, say, I don't need your present because you didn't write me the card, or this is not exactly the same thing that I wanted, or I guess. That's each one learning to express and understanding the other person's needs. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it was very, very informative, beautiful. Thank you. I'm so glad that you appreciated the, the book. The, also, another thing that you. I learned is the black sure. and white thinking. Yeah. Like sometimes I can see it with my husband. He says, or if I ask him something and he says, uh, okay, then don't do it. So I said, what do you mean? There is something in between that we can do it or not. Either you do it or you don't. Let's try to figure out a plan how we could do it, that it should work for everyone. <laughs> Exactly. There is a way for everyone to to succeed and to find it. That's it. The balance, the gray area, not the black or the white. Right. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. A lot of us look to continue your good work for both of you. Amen. And I really appreciate everything. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good night. Good evening. Excellent. And again, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, oh, right. if, yeah. if you notice, I'm bombarding with text, you know, just... I see all these text messages, just, all the, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like night of just text after one after one, you know, and all yeah. of them seems like very interesting. Um, but if you want to pick some... Uh, Good. So let's go ahead and address them. Most of them are very, I shouldn't say difficult, they're harder to do if they're by text. Yes. So we'll just read it and just maybe we'll discuss them together because they're a bit complicated. Thanks for all. My mother-in-law has a personality disorder. She wants to control everything. My husband's youngest in the family, and whenever we come, she gives tons of attention to my son and all other children and grandchildren are majorly jealous. How can I tell this to mother-in-law? 
you just said she is a major personality disorder. It's a very complicated diagnosis. So it's like telling me, okay, someone has got a severe, a severe physical disorder. Now, how do I deal with it? There are no short answers to that. Now, you want to tell her, are you ready to what's going to happen when you tell her? So we really don't discuss personality disorders. We're taking a bit of a break from that. So all I can say is if you'd like, you can call up. Uh, we can process together the pros and the cons. But again, these are complicated questions that I'll teach you on one foot. It doesn't work that way. You know, I would say that you can. she can take a dumb act and just when she sees the other kids around her, you know, just, oh, she can pick up some other kids, you know, even if it's not their son or, you know, and give the, move the attention from the grandma to herself and talk with her husband also to move a little bit, you know, the, the, the attention from the, from the grandma, the focal point, to another focal point, and maybe the grandmother will understand that she is not the focal point now, and that's it. Yes. These are, yeah, these are just complicated. I wish I could say it will be that simple. No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, the... I, I feel when someone's asking this question, Thank you for the awareness, but it's just really, really complicated to address. Let's go ahead and read the other question. Um, the next one's over here. Thank you for all that you do. My question is about marriage. What do you do if my husband thinks we have a perfect marriage and I'm really struggling? I have already done the go to therapy yourself and then things will change, but they haven't. Maybe yeah, my therapist feels like we would benefit from marriage counseling, but my husband refuses to go. Is there such a thing as bear? Okay, that's that. So I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how experienced your therapist is. I don't feel that your therapist, I don't, let me rephrase it. I don't know if you've opened up or if you're stuck to work, how can you have happiness even though your husband isn't? Or even though your husband's not giving you attention? Are you learning how to have more friends on your own? Are you learning how to smile and have a good time? The focus is not how to get your husband to therapy. The focus is if sometimes your husband's not going to give you your needs, how will you find your inner needs within yourself? Chatzashom, someone's married and the husband is, is in a coma for 20 years. The wife will have to learn to start finding happiness and peace, all that within herself. Those are what we try to focus on, what we try to do. So I don't understand why if you're in therapy and your goal is to get your husband in, that means your focus is still the marriage. The focus when someone comes, they have struggles in the marriage, both the husband or the wife. It's how can I live a fully productive, exciting life even with this difficulty? That is the goal. I don't know if that's your goal, but that's what we help people in therapy. Not to get the other person. Not always will you get the, other, the outcome that you want. The Rabbi Shalom changes outcomes. Our choice is how to change our emotions about situations. So you will never have the marriage that you want. How can you still find happiness? How can you still find excitement? I'm not saying it's easy. That's why I'm saying this takes a year to a year and a half of therapy. Are you going weekly? Are you going for a year, year and a half? Did you start six sessions and already get frustrated? How about are you not ready to talk about the subjects that the therapist wants to go to? I'm thinking of a therapist that contacted me, if we could please take over one of their clients. I said, absolutely not. The client has certain problems. Let's call it depression. The therapist sees clearly it's because of three issues, and the client refuses to discuss those issues. 
And then we're going, why aren't things changing? I told the therapist, please do not send them to me. Absolutely not. Is, the question is also, uh, are you decided with your husband? Did you face to your face to your husband what's bothering you? What kind of you know, feeling that you struggle? What is it all about it? It seems like the husband doesn't know, understand nothing about it. You know, he feels that he's living in a perfect picture. And you're keeping yeah. something inside. Did you express There's yourself? There's so much that can be going on. Okay, uh, it seems like Miss B left us, so, okay, we have, uh, I think that, uh, you want to take okay, another text? Okay, we can take that one more question, yes. yes, Ms. B, if you're listening, call back again, and then we'll we'll finish after, let's go ahead and take one or two, much of it, is there such a thing as burying traumatic events so deeply the person doesn't remember it anymore? Absolutely, yes. Are there dangers to burying events? Absolutely. Does the brain... Buries events, either when they're not important or when they're very traumatic and they're affecting us, but we're not able to deal with this. So the classical example that I share is Nebuch, when someone has got a stab wound, if someone is stabbed many times or shot, they will, re- they will tell you that they never felt the pain. When someone gets a paper cut, you feel it. So what the brain does is called disassociating. And there's more the Freudian terms of denial, which means that you really don't see it. That is what the Freud terms of denial has to do with what it is. And therefore, the goal is for us to recognize and to know that if the brain buries something, it's generally because it's very traumatic. The difficulty and the problem is that these underlying pains still traumatize you. They're still affecting the brain. And therefore, if you don't address it, it will affect you in other areas. So again, just for you to understand in a muscle that I find that helps many, many people, imagine there's a building, and every year of your life is another floor. So if you're 40 years old, now the building is 40 years old, 40 flights high. And let's just go with the assumption that at Baruch Hashem, when you got married at 21, 22, 23, your life got so much better, and you're healthy, and you got a spouse, and you're happy. But the first 10 years of your life, there was no foundation. Or you were even shot, bombarded, exploded, stabbed emotionally. And now this building that has to hold now 30, 40, 40 flights high, And at 20, it got better, but the first 10 years, the foundation was weak. What is going to happen to such a building? How will it be able to function? And then you find that many times it gets difficult. So just for us to understand that working on traumas that's buried are important, but it's equally as dangerous to bring up memories that were forgotten because the person might not be ready. The brain stored them because it's too big to handle. And therefore, knowing how much to open up, how much to recognize is something that we need to know if it's healthy. I've told several clients that people came to me for an intake and saying, I hear issues much bigger than you're ready to deal with. I don't know if it's safe for you to deal with it. When I start sharing what will happen, the person really goes, no, 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 you're right. I'm not ready to deal with it. I don't want to deal with that. Uh, Mordechai, I want to tell you something personal. That yeah. it's bothered me many, many years in the war. When we got it, direct it with a medicine. Yeah. And the first, I would add, split of the second, you know, took me years 
to re re uh rerun it in the brain because i couldn't i couldn't i find myself on the on the other side of you know my my post uh all my clothing it was tearing apart and this i would say second minute i couldn't rec you know recognize it. it took me years to take it out and from the the moment that missile hit us to find me that on the floor and it's wow. it bothered it's bothered me you know because i i didn't remember you know i couldn't re, you know restore it in my in my brain wow uh, it's you know it is something unbelievable to to see the what the power of the brain to to shut up and close all the information or what they let's say they put it in the hard drive and not get giving it back uh, uh, take it out Excellent. Thank you, Rav Nissen. Okay. And have a wonderful evening. To everyone that called, thank you. And looking forward to taking your calls, your questions, and your calls next week, Martin. Next week, Bezal Hashem, we call also the, the text, people that text us, sorry, we bombard with text. So next, next week, if you can call, it will be better. Thank you yeah. very much, and all the best. Excellent. And have a wonderful mm -hmm. evening.